Well, hey, everybody, how we doing? This is uh, one of your hosts, Tyler Sturkey, along with my dude, Darren Hanson. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> we uh, are hosting today a very special episode of New Hope Underground, our series overview. That's we'll right. Do this every once in a while. We'll do also do it for our YouTube audience as Hi, YouTube well. audience. Uh, so All three of you. Note, note for the, of note you for the audio. I just waved at the camera. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, so yeah. I mean, the, the name of this type of episode is pretty straightforward, uh, series overview, because we give a series overview of yeah, the, we do. The An next, overview of the series. The next series <laughs> coming up, and uh, kind of just give people uh, a little taste. Just just to wet the appetite, just to wet the stir the pot a little bit, just to stir some interest. When you say wet the appetite, is it W-E-T or W-H-E-T? I think it's H. W-H-E-T. I think there is an H in there. Wet. Yeah. Because I... We need, to, we need to use that form of that word more often. In because it's like a whetstone. Because yes. you almost hear wet and you think my appetite is dry and I'm making it wet. Like that's, not the, water. that's not the But really it's wet like I sharpen my yes. appetite. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be a, like a whetstone. So W-H-E-T. Going back to the. Yeah. Hey what guys. What do we call that? Uh, well, etymology. Good word. Use yeah. it. Learn it. Use it. Impress your friends. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so series overview. Uh, we're, we're starting a series this next uh, Sunday, uh, June 4th, that we're going to go all the way through the end of July. It, yeah. it is literally almost the entire summer. I know once you get into August, people are kind of finishing out vacations and things like that and already uh, like thinking toward the beginning of the school year and things like that. And since it's in summer... Yes. The title is Summer on the Mount. That's right. You have any idea what the what we're going to be covering? In I'm it, assuming it has something to do with the Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> ding ding ding! You are correct. No, we. At least uh, I better assume that. That's why I've been preparing for. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you're going to be very prepared about something you're never going to yeah, use. Well, that's not that's not unusual. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. It's exactly like you said. Uh, we're going to be doing a. I think it's a nine. Yeah, nine week series uh, through the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, we're going to be hitting some key teachings and stories because, man, there's just a bunch of yeah. content in there. I mean, we could go for a very long time in it. Oh, yeah. Um, but we're just going to, through the summer months, going to cover large portions of the Sermon on the Mount. And it just, nice play on words there. We named it Summer on the Mount. Hey, we are creative, aren't we? Yeah. So we'll be, we'll That's be, enough right there to whet your appetite. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll, you, t- you, you usually toss this ball my way, so I'll toss it your way and, okay. probably, and probably catch you off guard. So why the Sermon on the Mount? Oh, wow. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, I, it's, when we start, we're planning for the year, you know, for different sermons. Yeah. I think one thing we will try to do is we we'll just try to get into some Old Testament, try to get into some yeah. New Testament. We want, we want to hit the Gospels yeah. you know, somewhere, somehow. And I mean, Sermon on the Mount, I mean, come on. I mean, it's classic. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are very familiar with it, but they're not always familiar yeah. with what it exactly means. Yeah. Much of, yeah. much of the sermon, yeah, the Sermon on the Mount, I would say at least big portions of it are probably the most often quoted. Yeah. Even if they're maybe not always quoted in, in context. In the right way. In the right way or in context. It's the most well-known of Jesus's teachings. Yeah, and, the Beatitudes. Uh, yeah, and it's contained within yeah. Matthew's chap- uh, Matthew chapters uh, 5 through 7. Mm-hmm. 
So we'll be covering roughly three chapters of the Gospel of Matthew. Which in Bible college, I had to memorize all three chapters word for word. Woof! And punctuation point for punctuation point. Whoa! Of course, they did Matthew 5 test, Matthew 6 test, Matthew 7 test. It wasn't all at once, but still, still, still it was it was good. Yama, I, mean, I still remember, I mean, this is going back years. Of course. What translation was it? Uh, I think it's Because probably everybody was, had to learn the exact, it was the same translation. Yeah, I right? think we actually, my freshman, this was my freshman year of Bible college. Okay. And so this was like 18. 1800s. 1884. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Way before Sorry, you that were, was low-hanging fruit. What did you think I was going to do? You were in diapers, man. So, <laughs> but, 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 but I think why I, when I'm, the reason I, I put that into time frame, because our, our Bible college had an official Bible, you know, that we used. Sure, yeah. You know, and they changed it in my sophomore year. So, Oh, we, really? Yeah. Oh, man. So they went from my freshman year, it was the Harper Study Bible, which was RSV. Oh. Revised Standard Version. Okay. And then we switched to the NIV okay. Study Bible gotcha. the next year. But anyway, not probably no one va- cares, but anyway. Vastly. Well, I mean, still, <laughs> I mean, when you say punctuation for punctuation, it's, it's yeah. funny how with some translations, they can translate at least certain passages like almost the same way, but they put a comma in a different place. Mm-hmm. So like, that's what, that's what prompted that thought was, man, if you have to memorize punctuation, like you need well, to the, make sure you're on the, the same e, page. ESV, which I use a lot now, yeah, really is the RSV. I mean, it's a yeah. warmed over RSV. It, it's like the not predecessor. What's the opposite of that? Yeah, the the descendant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The offspring. The offspring. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's the child. <laughs> if a Bible translation could have a child, it would be the ESV. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I I I think there's just so many reasons for the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, one is like you said, popular sayings that people have not sure exactly what all it means but also yeah. i mean you just think of uh, uh you just think of jesus and his teachings and and, and we don't know for 100 percent whether he taught all this at one time or matthew's yeah. kind of putting the material together or whatever but still it's just uh, become a very very famous passage but also there's there's some things in there i think that are kind of skipped and ignored too yeah so, and and it's we, interesting because large portions of that teaching show up in different form and in different order mm. in Luke's gospel. Yeah. That there's, what is, is it called the sermon on, or it's referred to as the sermon on the plain? I think that's in, right. In Luke's gospel, yeah. that it's not referred to as, because like the beginning of, uh, I mean, because I, I start out teaching the first week of this, going through the Beatitudes. And I mean, it says he goes up onto a mountainside. So like, that's kind of where that reference sermon on the Mount comes yeah. from like that reference at the very beginning. But it's probably not a Mount like we right, think. Right, right. So, but yeah. anyway, there's no reference to that at all in Luke's version. Right. So anyway, so there's, you know, scholarly discussions and questions of, which I mean, if you think about it, Jesus going around from town to town, he probably didn't have brand new content at each town. Yeah. I mean, three and a half years of like brand new content. Most likely he preached similar sermons or taught similar things at different places he went because it was new. He didn't need new content because he had new people. Yeah. They needed to hear the same things and hear yeah. the same parables, which because I've always heard people ask the questions of, I mean, obviously you did it in Bible college where you memorized a large portion but this idea of like, especially people not knowing how to read or write back in the ancient world, like how would they memorize, you know, like especially like Near Eastern cultures being like oral traditions, oral cultures where they're mm. passing on large portions of text word for word. I mean, identical. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
by memory. Mm-hmm. And so that idea of like how we can have like pretty good certainty that what we have recorded is what Jesus actually said is because it's an oral culture, the disciples likely heard Jesus teach and tell those stories over and over and over again. And they memorized them. Yeah. Yeah. So then when it's like, Oh, it's time to write it down. They're like, Oh no, I know, I know it verbatim because I heard it dozens of times as we went to different towns and stuff like that, which is kind of cool. Like that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. And I, I don't know how much stocks put into this, but it's, I don't think anyone knows 100% where the Sermon on the Mount, if there was such, you know, yeah, and one sermon. And we do know there was a sermon at this particular time. We put the timing in chronologically in Matthew and Luke. It probably was right there next to the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. Just in between Capernaum and the north side of the sea. Sure. Which is a plain. Yeah. You know, which really is kind of a plain. And this is when the crowds were following him and, mm. you know, got out of the boat and had compassion on them. I mean, this is during a lot of that, that kind of, you know, time. And I think the feeding of the 5,000 is, is close to this time. But anyway, there's just a lot of, you know, major crowds following him. So it, whatever it was, like you said, the fact that these things were extremely mem- memorable, the fact that Matthew would arrange him how he did and remember all that and Luke. And yeah. So. Why do you, another question to put you on the spot. Why do you, why do you feel like Matthew arranged? Like, why do you think the Sermon on the Mount, however it was arranged, was arranged the way that it was. Like, do you feel like there were specific purposes behind it? And if you and you're welcome to just muse out loud. I'm not expecting you to have like a perfect scholarly. Well, I do have kind of a. I have a suspicion. Okay, is that the best way to put it? I think because everyone has their ideas. Point of the series overview is we're given (laughs) some content and wetting w h e t (laughs) people's appetite. Uh, for it so they can come into the actual series with even just a little bit of a foundation and background. Yeah. I, I have a feeling now I'm not going to get too specific, but in general, I think Matthew wrote with the chip on his shoulder. Okay. Okay. I had this theory or idea because when you start to read Matthew, look at the genealogy when he kicks off with, you know, of course he covers the birth of Christ and so forth. But Matthew, think about who he was. You know, he was a tax collector. He was a Jew, but he was upset enough with his own people to betray them. Mm. Okay. So he had a problem. He had a problem with what was going on, whether, and I have a feeling he had a problem with the hypocrisy of the religious leaders. Oh, interesting. Because when you really, and I, what I mean is he, he himself, Matthew. And I really think when you start to read through Matthew, you get one fringe person after another. Mm. When what I mean is the people that were always questioned, the fringe of society, the yeah. Matthew and his friends, and then you, you well, not only that, but not just him and his friends, but the people who were uh, who the Pharisees would point at and say, "You have a bunch of sins, so that's why you're paralyzed, or why you're, you know, leper, a leper." Yeah, uh, sure. Think about the people he kind of uh, talks about, and I think the teachings really. I mean, think about some of the meat of the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Don't be like the hypocrites. Yeah. I mean, so I think Matthew Matthew was pointing to the teachings that, hey, this is the Son of God teaching, and he's lining up with things that I can get on board with, not what I think the religious leaders are. Yeah. Well, him even like near the beginning talking about, you know, the changing of the law or challenging of mm. fulfilling the law, different things like that, which I actually think that there might be a week where maybe you're covering, you're going to talk around some of yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so not to get too into the weeds around it, 
but it's like that's even pointing to like the religious leaders probably had a very especially the pharisees had a very particular way of viewing and obeying the law yeah and the sermon on the mount i mean almost presents god's commands and life in the kingdom in a very different way and so that's like this is matthew's like finally i have it's not enough that I just don't like these dudes because of how they treat people and probably me included. But now I actually have something better that I can use to explain why. Yeah. And yeah. then, and then to, sh- and then to just present Jesus's teachings of presenting the law and, and how to actually uh, fulfill righteousness mm. uh, in a real way. Well, and he's the one in with chapter 23. Oh, the seven woes. Yeah. yeah. So I just think that there's a consistency through there. And I don't think I don't think the Sermon on the Mount was just I don't think he included all of it just to just to prove a point, you sure. know, kind of thing. But at the same time, I do think there's a healthy chip on his shoulder. And that's why he remembers these things so succinctly. Yeah. Those teachings yeah. were especially memorable to him. Yeah. And I'm not sure why he would arrange it in that particular fashion, but but they all have a, a to me they all have the same kind of sense like Jesus putting things straight. Mm how you've viewed the law. No, this is how really God views the law. Yeah. And there's almost a, I'm trying to think if we're covering this part or not. Like I've heard people talk about that. A lot of the sermon on the Mount hinges around that idea where Jesus says to be perfect. Therefore, Mm -hmm. as your heavenly father is perfect. And what that word, that Greek word, perfect, like we can hear it and think like moral perfection. Yeah. And that's not necessarily what Jesus is talking about when he uses that word. I mean, it is, but it isn't. Right. Uh, it's like a, is it teleos? Teleos. Yeah. I mean, it, it means to be whole. Yeah. Or complete. That you are doing what you were created to do or you are being what you're created to be. It'd mm-hmm. be like if a, a car is teleos it means it's running like it was created to mm-hmm. and so showing mm-hmm. how i mean and and then jesus spends a lot of time talking about the the inner dynamic versus the outer dynamic of appearing righteous outside but not on the end i mean there's a lot of stuff that goes into that and we'll be hitting that in different weeks throughout it but of saying no like this is and i mean this goes back to the the shema prayer hero israel the lord our god the lord is one mm. That that was more than just a, a claim of monotheism, and it was. We serve one God, but of saying He's not divided; mm. He is one being mm. through and through, the same in every dimension and aspect of who He is. He is the same person. You don't catch Him on a bad side mm. or catch Him on a bad day. He is He is one. He is whole. He is teleos, and you should be as well. Mm. And the Sermon mm. on the Mount shows, like, ideally in God's kingdom, this is what it would look like. And I, yeah, I, I think it's so good. I think there's also a degree, at least in my head, and I think this is what Matthew, I think, kind of salivated over to, was that there's a degree of Jesus saying the things that he said in the Sermon on the Mount mm. makes you believe that you really are lost. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, like. I love uh, the very first uh, beatitude. You know, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mm. What does that mean? It means to be totally those who are totally bankrupt. So he leads in with that. Yeah, and I can see Matthew going. I love, <laughs> I love it because it's like, okay, you think you're so good, these righteous people, because you've never committed adultery, but you've lusted. You know, you've never hated, you've never committed murder, but you've hated, mm. and we all are guilty of those things. So it's yeah. like, 
Now, it doesn't mean that there's nothing to attain to. It's just that, like you said, to be what God has created us to be, there's a freedom in that. Yeah. But to realize that we can now do it because of Jesus. I mean, that's... Well, it does. And I remember, and you've talked about this before, and I I didn't want to steal your thunder if you're wanting to talk about that some. (laughs) And I know you're going to probably talk about it some in your message, too, of the Sermon on the Mount not being... Wait a minute, I'm going to write this down. Yeah. Here, here. Let me tell you what you, you were going to say. Good, I need, I need that. <laughs> no, but uh, you, but you've said it on many occasions of saying that the Sermon on the Mount isn't so much of, all right, here's just a, a list of moral commands you're supposed to follow. Right. I mean, it, there's an element in which that's kind of true, but it was actually also meant to be this almost eschatological thing of like this kingdom that is because this is what's interesting is in. Uh, Matthew 4, 23. I mean, this is literally just a couple verses before. It says that he came into the region of Galilee and began to announce the good news of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And then it shows the Sermon on the Mount of saying like, in some ways he's announcing, and I kind of get into that. Spoilers for everyone who's listening. I get into that a hey, little bit. If you're bit. listening, you deserve a yeah. spoiler. I get into that a little bit in the first week about yeah. how, especially the Beatitudes, like its connection to the announcement of good news. Mm-hmm. But really the Sermon on the Mount as a whole, I mean, that's almost prepping people for what the rest of the sermon is, that just like kingdom or Jesus started the reign of God in his death and resurrection, his coming ministry and his death and resurrection, that it has begun, but it has not consummated yet. Mm-hmm. The Sermon on the Mount almost parallels that of saying, these are things that we can begin to pursue and follow, but you're probably not going to fully live them out until the kingdom has consummated, Mm. like come, like the age to come has fully arrived. Does that make sense? And would you you agree with that? I totally agree with that. I literally, just as we're talking, made that parallel between what you've said in the past. And I'm like, ooh, there's like a parallel with the Sermon on the Mount and its purpose with the kingdom itself. Well, it's like, Aaron, I wonder if he's making that yeah, point when he says that. Aaron and I were talking about this because of a youth conference. We're trying to put some stuff together for some yeah. reason. And we're talking about this. Oh, yeah. Which, do you want to tell them? I mean, just for anybody who's listening, that's kind of cool about youth conference. Well, yeah. The youth parallel youth conference is actually going to be going covering the Sermon on the Mount as well. Yeah. And so we'll be in the middle of that series and guys, while that's we did, going on. We didn't even do that on purpose. No. Hey, God does stuff. Just a, just a coincidence. <laughs> don't let it build your faith. Yeah, don't anything. let it build your faith. But we were talking about this. There's a healthy paradox. There's always a paradox to everything. It seems like it's like, yes, you can attain to these things, but no one's perfect, and no one's gonna be perfect. Yeah. So in other words, you can attain, but you can't. Mm. But you can through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And it's and it's like you said, these things are coming. This is the kingdom, you know, progressing, and it's here but not yet. Yeah. At the same time, I think the thing is like. I think what what I keep hearing in the Sermon on the Mount anyway from me over and over is just this, is this, is this like a, this isn't God's, you know, a lot of things you guys confuse yourself about what that blueprint of God actually is. Mm. You know? Interesting. That's really interesting. Because and, and, and it's almost, uh, it's, it's like he said in, uh, like you said, 423. And also what he said to John the Baptist when he was questioning, are you the one to come? Yeah. Remember, remember what he told him? Report back to what you've seen. The blind or the blind see. The he's yeah. going back to Isaiah. What sixty one? Yeah, is it sixty one? And, uh, and that's the. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that there's something about, and I think Matthew makes this point. In my opinion, <laughs> there's something about Jesus and the coming of the kingdom is in Jesus. Mm. You know, 
Mm. And the fact that we even have the freedom to be able to be what God had created us to be. Yeah. Is remarkable. And that's come because of him. That's super and, good. And in his teaching. So I think we're seeing, I mean, no, I, I agree. T- totally agree with what you said. I love it. That's yeah. so good. But yeah, I'd like that. Anyway, that parallel, I just thought of, thought I'd float it past you since it originated from something that you said, but it made me think, how dare you make me think? <laughs> that was really good though. That's really good. But cool. Wow. This could be a great series. I know. I'm, I, like I said, we, now we're not hitting everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, unfortunately we don't have yeah. the time to do everything. Um, but I feel like we're hitting almost all of it. Oh, we're hitting some good stuff. Big, yeah. ch- big chunks of it that I think are going to be really good. Um, but yeah, June 4th through July 30th. Uh, I know it's easy to be gone and travel in the summer, but man, if you can, if you can make it, uh, make it each week and maybe watch the ones you can't. That's right. Uh, I think, I think it's going to be really good, but jump, yeah, jump I'm excited. So I'm, I'm starting the series out and, and you'll be following the second week. And then we've got, we got everybody involved in this series taking turns. And I think it's going to be a good, good series. Be a good one. Little, little uh, tag teaming. That's right. Like usual. Good stuff. Hey, tune in and yeah. also uh, make sure you get back here on new hope underground. Cause there's going to be some good stuff coming up. Make sure if you haven't subscribed do. Oh, Speaking of that, yes. sorry, I, guys, I'm sorry. I almost forgot. Uh, something we will be doing oh, for yeah. this series, oh, for uh, 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 Summer on the Mount, sorry. But, I, boy, I hope that doesn't get confusing. <laughs> uh, we are going to, much like we've done in previous series, like whenever we did the Book of Ruth and several other series we've done, we are going to have weekly supplemental podcasts coming through New Hope Underground where whoever is speaking for whatever week like this, probably dropping next week, will be myself and not to spoil things, but for those who are watching this, you, it deserves to be spoiled. Uh, my wife is going to be joining me. Oh, great. So that'll be fun. Uh, and so we're going to kind of take a second look with fresh eyes uh, after the sermon. Try not to like double cover uh, content. Um, but we'll, basically what we'll do is whoever's speaking, we'll invite a guest on yep. and we'll just go a little bit deeper beyond what you can do 30 minute sermon, uh, and, and dive deeper into each of the texts. Um, so if you have not, if you're just randomly seeing this and you've not subscribed to new hope underground, do it, especially for, uh, this series, we'll have, uh, weekly yep. supplements to each message. And the idea is that for, for that to drop on Sunday of the day of the sermon. Yeah. So, so it should the Sunday, like this yeah. Sunday when I preach, uh, I don't know what time they normally do it, um, but it should drop that Sunday. So yeah, it drops that Sunday, but sometime during the week, you know, when you're driving or, or, or working out or something during the week, click it on, you yeah. know, because it's just some more information to reinforce what you just heard on Sunday. So it's going to be fantastic. Anyway, Sears is going to be good. I think the podcasts are going to be good. It's just a whole well-rounded thing that I'm very excited about. So we will see you guys this summer with Summer on the Mount.